Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're joined by Rachel Klubeck out in Oklahoma to talk about what's going on with cannabis legalization in Oklahoma. But first, we do have to get into a little bit of cannabis legalization news. So, Miggy and Tom, what's going on in the news this week? Happy Wednesday. Happy Happy Wednesday. 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. No place to be like here. Don't forget to give us the likes and the subscribes. And then if you want a Bovida package... You can email me at Tom at collateralbase.com. But what was the news? Because uh, I got some news for Illinois. And then there was some cool news out of uh, our guest today is from Oklahoma. So we're going to be talking yeah. a lot about Oklahoma cannabis scene, cannabis laws. So did, what was the news out of Oklahoma that you saw, Miggy? Well, you know, there were several things in Oklahoma. Um, but I wanted to brush on uh, uh, that I added to our main Facebook page, the big one. Um, you know, last week, Craig Cecil was freed and we still have Michael Thompson behind bars. But, uh, uh, you know, the other thing in Oklahoma that was going on is that 300 million of sales. Hey, so far. Make that money, man. They, they really just, just knocked it out. And what's the population of Oklahoma? That is going to be a question that we'll ask our guest. So do, do, do tune in because we're going to talk with uh, cannabis lawyer Rachel Klubeck uh, in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma is just killing it in sales. They're already Five at 300 months. million. Yeah, five months. In five months. And then, and it's just medical. It's not adult use. It's just medical. But it's also not just Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, that's that's the exact opposite of the news that we had out of Illinois uh, yesterday. Because today, in theory, in ideal world, where we clearly are no longer in ideal world, like... Like, how's the chop in uh, Seattle? uh, It's breaking up, unfortunately. From uh, I wanted to drive by there today, but there was a good chance of me getting tear gas. I decided to come to work. Tear gas in Seattle. So they're breaking up the CHOP. And what did CHOP stand for again? That was the uh, Capitol Hill Occupation or um, uh, yeah, Occupation Protest or uh, I forget what the other one was, but that's the one I went with. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing about Seattle is we're, 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 it's just a bunch of like super college educated homeless people. <laughs> I mean, you know, people well, the are real like, estate values are so expensive. Well, people who are mad about the chop and the area that surrounds the chop are million dollar apartments, period. It's just not like the people who are paying. Well, it's, yeah, it's Seattle. Like the yeah. price of real estate in Seattle is just 
How much has it gone up since uh, 1999 when Amazon showed up? Oh fuck, dude! I cry every day when I pay my rent, and I, and I have a low yeah. rent. I don't, you know, I, I uh, it, it's ridiculous. Like just where I work at locally, for me to walk to a, an apartment, the street mm-hmm. bedroom is twenty eight hundred. Oh wow! Uh, I just paid uh, forty two hundred dollars uh, a couple days ago, and I paid my mortgage uh, for the next six months. And so, uh, not only not only that, I overpaid it by approximately sixty dollars a month. Uh, so, like my whole mortgage for my fourteen hundred square foot home in Peoria, Illinois, is six hundred and thirty five dollars. I hate you. It is so cheap. But uh, and that's that that includes real estate taxes, which are actually pretty high here. Uh, And hopefully real estate taxes will be coming down because we're going to get some cannabis revenue eventually. But this came out yesterday. Uh, State of Illinois announces that they are suspending the deadline for issuing the adult use craft grower infuser and transporter licenses because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And not only that, we haven't even seen the the bid buy for who has been awarded the contract to score the Department of Agriculture applications. Who knows when those are going to be handed out? Are they worried about protocols for uh, oh, they should transportation? Be. I mean, but- well, they should be worried about uh, deadlines for the craft growers because the deadlines oh. for the craft growers are made in such a way that you have to be in production in six months. Oh. Well, then think about it. If you're going to try to build a state-of-the-art premium flower indoor farm um, and we have winter to deal with and you announce the winners in September, let's say, two months from today, and maybe they're in October. I don't know. We're already two months. Yeah, we're two months late for the dispensaries. So it could be two months for the craft growers. How can you be open in six months? How are you going to get all your because we get froze out in Illinois and you can't pour yeah. concrete in February, you know? No, you guys are definitely in a bind because no matter what decision, it is a timeline, at least for the reasonable, like for to to to, to have consideration the person who's about to be in business. The other thing is, F you, you just start up when you can. That's right. You just start up when you can. And then the problem really becomes, you know, hey, these regulations were onerous. I, I'm glad that you wanted us open in six months, but they contemplated the award of the license being uh, in in July. So they thought that they'd be able to, oh, you win, get to work. And so right now they would have ordered all the contracts to, to go out there and start building as opposed to waiting another two who knows months. And then it's like, what, go out there and build in September. It's going to be something else. Nice. But did you hear about that dude out of uh, Tennessee? Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't yeah. Know. That one was great. Did a Tennessee man, uh, did a Tennessee senator take a state car to buy marijuana at an Illinois dispensary? Isn't that neat? And I, you know, that's traceable, right? I mean, they could have just looked at the back plate. I read the whole thread. They didn't call anybody out. They're saying those things are available at like the gift shop. So, but, but did you see that car? Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. well then again, uh, you see in Illinois, like Illinois state senators, they make about 75 large a year and they may have a car, but then we had the guy from Texas on where they make $7,500 a year. That's it. Not 75,000, 7,500. And they only meet every two years. And that's why Texas will never have legal weed because their legislature is never in session and they don't pay their legislature squat. So they aren't going to care about legalizing. Yeah. But 7,500 is huge in say Texas and Tennessee and Oklahoma. Maybe. We pay ours a lot more here in Illinois, no, I'm just but I just think it is funny that the uh, the importation of cannabis is so strong that it is pulling legislatures from other states in, and I expect them to continue to come in. Tell your legislature, if you're in a state that doesn't have it, tell them to drive to Illinois with their state cars and buy some weed, and then explain to the people, this is good, we need this in our states, and by the way, Illinois has done it correctly, we're going to bring the social equity how we did. 
Well, you guys did everything correctly as far as like the regulation, the licensing, the... No, no, no. There's... Oh, gosh. I looked into this. And so like the Illinois law actually prohibits uh, the possession of weed still in the sense that... uh, So like the traditional market is still illegal. So just because you have an ounce of weed, Mm. if it's not legally purchased at a dispensary, it's still not legal. And and that can make, you know, the grow and give aspect isn't in Illinois. Uh, so uh, you really can't have medical patients sharing their supply, uh, which I don't like. But then also they've defined it, the legalization in Illinois in such a way that it's only applies to purchasers, not persons, but purchasers. And so the purchasers is somebody who lawfully purchased the cannabis. And because of that, they really haven't made the plant totally legal. It's still illegal unless you buy it from a licensed dispensary. So like technically, like like here in Washington, when we started with our legalization, which was medical, and we feared getting pulled over or whatever situation, we would pull our script out. You know, we're like, ha, we're, we're legal. But you're telling me I should carry a receipt in Illinois? Um, you should carry a receipt in Illinois, or uh, you should only trans- transport your cannabis in uh, like after you buy something. <laughs> You put your weed that you grew into that and then leave the house with it. So I got to smoke an ounce of weed just to carry an ounce of weed? Or if you wanted to have a, a party, like a, a you know, cannabis uh, cake party right at your house, uh, cake and tea. And so they're going to be infused and you're going to be using your magical butter machine to, to go ahead and make these. Uh, and you have a medical card and you give that to your, your uh, friends. That, I guess, is illegal. And then the other thing is, imagine smoking a joint, right? Okay. So if you're smoking a joint, a joint that you buy at the dispensary, it's a legal joint. You bought it one gram. It's way too much for you. It's meant to be shared. You can't pass it to anybody, not just because of COVID, but because the person that has to be possessing it has to be the purchaser. Mm. So, you know, the, the joint is illegal as soon as you pass it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder yeah. Uh, what semantics do uh, Oklahomans have to face when they do their sharing. And uh, I have no the- idea. But Oklahoman stuff, it just seems like it's still medical, but it's it seems like it's way more wide open than. Um, uh, oops, I, I've shared the wrong thing on that one. But um, no. All right. My bad. That's one of the problems with I tried to copy and paste my uh, the suspension link. Uh, oh, no, I'm sure I'm showing it. Yeah, I tried to copy and paste the suspension link, but my keyboard goes to sleep. And so then I didn't get it. So then by the time I tried to paste it, it woke up and then I pasted uh, like a, a, a block to something I was writing earlier. <laughs> hey, copy. Just the, just the right amount of nonsense on cannabis legalization news. Yeah. Well, you know, also in Oklahoma, they have which which one thing I wanted to talk about, too, was they uh, let the vote out for out of state residents. Oh, good. To get a medical card and allow delivery. That's what I have. I have a question on oh, that. delivery. Rachel. Now, can I take, oh, this, this is a question that I shouldn't ask myself and speculate and stuff. I should ask the guest. And so first I'm going to make sure to share the press release. Uh, so if you guys want to read the press release from Illinois, it is very general. And it just basically says, here's where we have no deadlines, but uh, let's bring on the guest and ask her about if my medical card from Illinois is good in Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Rachel, thanks for joining us today. Hey, can you tell us before we start, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Smith and Klubik? Yeah, so I'm an Oklahoma attorney. I'm only licensed in Oklahoma. Um, 
Smith and Klubeck was started actually pre-COVID right before on April 1st. Um, myself and a good friend of mine from a previous firm we used to work at, Matt Smith, partnered up and we started a civil litigation law firm in Oklahoma City. Um, and my emphasis is on cannabis businesses and their representation. Um, he does all the other side of civil litigation and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're downtown Oklahoma City. It's, it's booming down here. So you're also wow. part of a loud consulting? I, yeah, so um, a year out of law school, I started a consulting firm. Um, I realized that you're not allowed to ethically advertise as a cannabis attorney when you're when you're not an expert. So I kind of found this marketing loophole with a consulting firm, and it allowed me to uh, market myself in a way that I felt was more authentic to myself. Um, and then I created Loud Consulting. I'm the CEO of that, um, and that's still in operation today. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed when I'm doing the applications. And I, we can talk about the differences of applications from Illinois to Oklahoma, how complex they are. Like ours here, they would be like over a thousand pages. And I'd be making these. Well, I mean, imagine creating the application contemplating litigation. And so like as you're as you're drafting it and reading it, like the, the legal aspect of it, of the practice of the law really infuses into a lot of the elements but then the, the consulting aspect, the business understanding for the operation is in quite a lot of it as well. And then a ton of compliance. Right. So well, applications are very simple. I will tell you that um, they may be peculiar on, you know, the format of the upload of the document, but mm -hmm. it is really straightforward in Oklahoma. Um, that being said, you know, they will kick back for certain reasons um, that what that most attorneys like to handle them just so we can avoid uh, like the lapse of time, get it done in the essence of time. Wow. Is so there, how many dispensaries are operating in Oklahoma? Oh God. Operating. I think there's about 4,000 licenses. I can't exactly remember um, that being said, that doesn't mean they're all in operation. It doesn't even mean that they all had storefronts. It just means that they got licenses. Um, a license in Oklahoma costs $2,500. Uh, and unless you're near a school or you are a felon within the past two to five years, um, or you're not, you don't have any out of state residents or anything like that, then you're good to go. It's, it's super simple. Um, and so it can only be Oklahomans that can get a license. I can't get one cause I'm not an Oklahoman. So there's a residency requirement. So what you would need is you'd either have to be here for two years or you'd have to partner up with an Oklahoma resident. And they would have to have own how much of the company? 25%. Oh, so wow. Does this cause partnership disputes? I'm sorry. You can only own up to 25%. But oh. does that cause some partnership disputes then? And that 25% No, might... really, because as lawyers, we can kind of work around that in the operating agreement when it comes to economic interest and ownership interest. They don't exactly have to match. Right. But that being said, there's new uh, proposed legislation that would not allow any economic interest in the company for outside outside of the state residents. So Crazy. not in effect yet. Well, then I better get my license there uh, <laughs> sooner. All right. So uh, put me down for 25% in, um, oh, I don't know. A vertically integrated company. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll send the check. Okay. Uh, okay. But that's, that's totally different. Cause like there was 4,000 applications for 75 dispensary licenses in Illinois. Uh, that's crazy. That's so like competition. Yeah. Here. I mean, the only competition is there's three on every four corners. Wow. <laughs> Just as long as they're not near a school. Just as long as they're not near a school. And there is a problem that it used to be, uh, 
entrance of this school to property line and now it's property line to property line. So there's a lot of uh, dispensaries that are kind of getting screwed on that end, but not too big of an issue. You know, Oklahoma has got a nice little warm up to marijuana because before medical, there was CBD everywhere. That was the thing. Like uh, there was CBD stores like 7-Elevens when I went there for uh, Oklahoma Hemp Fest. And yeah, that was kind of, are they all now CBD slash regular THC marijuana? Mostly, yeah. And, you know, there's they just they knew it was coming and they set up at the right time in order to flip. Hmm. Well, does my card work down there? If I have my Illinois medical card, can I just walk walk into the dispensary and get some medicine no so you actually oh. need an oklahoma card um there is a temporary card that you can get for out of state um but usually they require that person to have an, a medical card in their home state but i do so it's kind of, it hard whenever there's recreational people that come to oklahoma because they might not have a medical card right but then i i could that's great because I want to go to Oklahoma to check out this crazy, crazy scene. But then also uh, to see some people that are running some light depth greenhouses in there, see yeah. how they're uh, see how they're doing. Um, that's that's really cool. And then you said vertical integration. So what type of licenses do they have in Oklahoma? Yeah, so we have the the normal run of the mill, which is dispensary um, processing. Some people call manufacturing, um, and we also have grow or cultivation. Um, we have transportation. If you wanted to set up a transport company and not do the rest of the stuff, that's, that's possible. We also have waste disposal licenses, and there's only up to 10 until November. Um, and that is a real hard license to get uh, just because you have to go through DEQ and EPA and certain things like that. Um, and then there's also laboratory licenses for uh, research or uh, testing. What are the testing requirements? It sounds wide open. So if there's so many growers that are out there, how is the state ensuring that the supply is clean? They're not. I mean, they're trying their best. Um, they just, in, you know, implemented new requirements that July 1st, everything has to be tested before it's sold. So as you can imagine, there's been some some gray areas on uh, remediation on some, some contaminated uh, products. Um yeah, that being said, you know, there are there are labs here that are licensed, but there's no regulations for the labs. So you might get three different results. I sent it to the lab and the lab's just sitting like a monkey there just stamping stuff. <laughs> you know, and I, there is a recall here uh, recently from an out-of-state uh, company that nobody really likes because they're out-of-state. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but they got in trouble and, you know, they're trying to prove that their license, their lab testing was good to go. Uh, so it's just, it's kind of interesting out here with, when it comes to testing results. Well, testing's hard because that's what happened here with medical. Uh, we didn't have the requirement for any testing, but people were trying to do it, but the labs were always behind. So by the time somebody got their test results back, the product was already out the door and gone. And yeah. So and you can't pull those off the shelves. I mean, it's already consumed. Uh, yeah, and it's not like you have an insurance contract out there in case something goes wrong. It's like, well, I, I have a claim. Sorry, it's we a crime. Cannabis insurance out here. You guys do? Yeah, there's certain agencies that will provide that. Has we anybody all ever tried to make a claim? Um, good question. You'd have to ask the insurance. That's agent. that's what I ask all the insurance companies. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I love that you have an insurance product. Now yeah. let me talk about your claims process. Yeah. yeah, we actually have banking as well, which is really scary 
um, but the the smaller banks handle it. So yeah, I think some of the banks are coming here. I mean, if you want to have some of those banks reach out to me, I'd like to talk to them about their due diligence practices or their, their safe and sound banking protocols they put into place for uh, the type of lending because the bank account number is very yeah. important. And uh, these types of practices for compliance with like FinCEN regulations and whatnot, that's something that I'm putting together for the ISBA for, um, you know, helping these new companies and then also the banks bank it. But uh, it's still quite secretive. And then it's still quite early because it sounds like you in, in Oklahoma have a ripeness uh, issue where we don't have that yet in Illinois. It's still premature. And Yesterday, they delayed the announcement for the other licenses. So we don't know when these companies are actually going to need that bank account. And some of the banks in Illinois are, are more OK with the amount of regulatory hoops and hurdles that they'll have to do uh, to provide the services to their, their clients. Well, it's crazy. The banking was just so expensive. It would be, you know, 5% of deposits or some exorbitant wow. price. Um, but now there's a little bit more competition. So they're, they're coming around a little better and making it more affordable. But it's more of a safety issue, you know? I mean, you're just going to carry all this cash and keep yeah. it in your, you know, mattress or right. whatever, your back room. I mean, it's just scary. So, Do um, uh, do you guys know, because well, Tom will know because he's a banking lawyer, but Tom, uh, here in Washington, the banks that are active are state credit unions. Do they have any special protections or anything because of that? It's not going to, it's going to be a different regulatory authority. All right. So yeah, then you're looking at the NUCA as opposed to the FDIC. Uh, and because of that, it, there's just a different set of regs. And so they're more likely to uh, be okay with uh, the compliance related to, because they're still going to have to comply with like the FinCEN regulations and whatnot. But then the FDIC uh, auditors are not the same. So if there's a different group that's leading one is, you know, maybe more progressive, like the credit unions tend to be, uh, they might be more okay with it as opposed to the one that's leading the FDIC might be more conservative, like, uh, I don't know, Idaho tends to be. Uh, and you know where a lot of banks are located actually is South Dakota, also not necessarily known for great cannabis laws, uh, but that may kind of explain it. It's getting there. It's getting there, but uh, it takes time. <laughs> yeah, it does. How wide open is the medical marijuana market, I mean, medical marijuana condition list in Oklahoma? So we actually have no qualifying conditions um, <laughs> at and all. And why is it sold everywhere if nobody can qualify? No, everybody qualifies. Yeah, so there's no pre, like, you don't have to have a condition that, we're, you know, like it says in Colorado where you have to have XYZ or California where it says you have to have XYZ. Oklahoma's not like that. So you can you guys basically have legalization then. Oh, you basically have breath. You just have to pay a hundred dollars or whatever for your medical card. That's just legalization. Yeah. It's just it, wait, 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 <laughs> who, who's the authority who's allowed to give the prescriptions? So the OMMA, Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, uh, is under our state department of health, and they oh. are marijuana, obviously. Uh, stuff. But it's um, we also re they also regulate the physician recommendations, but it's essentially in Oklahoma, it's patient physician confidentiality. You know, you can go in and say you have anxiety or depression. It doesn't have to be something that you can necessarily like prove physically or by results or anything like that. You can just go in. Does boredom count as a condition? 
I'm bored. Okay. I've ever heard of somebody getting denied was when they put that they had phantom pain and they were not missing a limb. So <laughs> if Case you would have just said I get headaches when I'm when after I've drank too much alcohol, yeah. I have a headache. They're hungover, they're like, yeah. oh, you're a great candidate for candidates. <laughs> That's awesome. And we do virtual recommendations here. So you don't even really need to go to a doctor. You can just pay the 25 bucks, the $100 to OMMA to get it. And two weeks later, hopefully you have your patient card. Are they all doctors or any of them like holistic practitioners? All MDs. MDs. Right on. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> if I wanted to start a dispensary in Oklahoma, walk us through how we start a dispensary. Okay. So you find a location that's compliant with zoning and make sure it's not near school um, and that the facility is vetted. Just zoning is the big thing. Just make sure it's zoned properly. Um, we file an application through OMMA. We get your license, which is the $2,500 OMMA license. After that, um, depending on if it's a dispensary or a grow, you'll, you'll pay between three and $500 to the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics for a license um, there, which is frustrating because uh, it's just because it's a Schedule One CDS federally. They make us register with them. And it's just an extra measure with security and fencing and just stuff like that. Um, if you're a dispensary, you'll also need a food permit in order to sell edibles. So that's another 850 or something like that and then depending where you are if you're within city limits or county limits you might also need some sort of local permit and that just varies depending on where you are but that's it that's it and is there social use is there social use yeah well before covid like you could pass joints and stuff like is there a place that you can go to smoke with your buddies so technically you can go to a <clears throat> Um, you're allowed to smoke anywhere you can smoke tobacco and smoke a joint. Um, that's the law here. I'm fucking moving, man. <laughs> I, dude, I told you, when I was in Oklahoma, this shows you guys. I'm going to have to open an office there. Uh, do they have reciprocity with Illinois? Um, I no, I doubt it. <laughs> this this no, it's a tourism spot, but man, weed has really set us off. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the, so when I was there with Hempfest, it was the fact that we were consuming, I think it was the Marriott or whatever hotel we were staying at, um, blew my mind, just smoking in Tulsa, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's why I was trying to share the article there. It's just showing pictures of, because Hempfest is very about education and uh, rights, and that's what we were doing. They were giving forums and how to, uh, what Washington was, and you guys, what to expect. Like, the we didn't even have business license requirements for medical. That was just people having their onerous for whatever can't city, whatever they were at to, to take a license, to have a store, a brick and mortar. Yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, you know, we had holistic care practitioners and any doctors willing to give you a script. And it was the wild west. I, I could travel anywhere in the state at one time with my prescription, go do a dab at a place or a farmer's yeah. market or uh, uh, pick up a, an ounce of flour and actually smell it and touch it, not prepackaged some bullshit. How yeah. is the packaging Rex down there? Is it is it like that? Is it uh, fresh flour or like bulk flour? Yeah, so you can either sell it repackaged. You can package it in store. Um, a lot of people just like to do it because it's like easier to regulate on the wholesale side, so they just do that. But no, oh, they have reciprocity. 
They do. It's hey. a, Oklahoma's reciprocity with Illinois. Hey. So uh, I might have to petition and hey. then uh, put a pin in there. Imagine that they'll deny you. Uh. <laughs> well, no, like uh, just register as being a lawyer in, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can have a, a ton of marijuana on you as a patient here. I mean, you can, I think it's up to three ounces on your person. Uh, home grow? Concentration. What? Is there a home grow? Yeah. So if you're a patient, you can have six seedlings and six mature plants. So you can basically keep rotating and that's per patient. So, you know, if you have two, three patients living in a household, then. Oh man, we have draconian stuff. It's five plants over six inches high, uh, per household. So if you have like three patients in a household, five plants. Yeah. It's silly. Have you guys noticed an influx of residency? Because when we were doing the sale, the Oklahoma Hemp Fest, there were people coming from Texas, oh, yeah. uh, all over the place, just just trying to learn about the plant and the process that we experienced to what Oklahoma was about to see. Yeah, I, there's a huge California rush just because it's astronomically cheaper to live here. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like it's astronomically easier to get a license there because I was just looking at the licenses for Fresno, California. I'm like, this is Illinois. This is basically Illinois, you know, um, dollars per thing essentially to get one. So yeah, it's, um, I would say California is huge. Um, Michigan is a recent influx for Oklahoma. I think because they're just trying to expand a little more and it's not too far away in this, in the scheme of things. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of California residents here. What's Wicked. the barometer? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just can't. I, we have a full-on adult use legalization, and it's less legal than it is in uh, Oklahoma. It's just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Tom I mean, doesn't like free capitalism. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I just like it. I'm like, hey, how come we are regulating this stuff like it's the – well, they, they just – they're scared of that. Like, you know, uh, but then the same thing. People would like, yeah, they go broke. And so that kind of, if you just allow more competition into the market – the people that are going to end up winning are still going to be the people that end up win. They're going to be the ones that have like $10 million and then can afford to have a loss leader or to like have that $25 eighth that they think is about 29% THC. There's a harvest. There's a what? Is that all the harvest brand out of Arizona? I just mean those, those companies that are, you know, established in themselves with capital. Yeah. These mom and pops are going to go away because they can't make their bills if they don't make every single harvest. If they get mites, they're done for but you know these bigger companies, they can they can withstand that, and that's just in Oklahoma. That's going to be the kicker. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And here in Washington, when it was medical, I'm still trying to explain to my kids. Like when I used to disappear for a couple hours and come back, um, you know, I was like, look, there was a, a market. The, it gave that that low barrier entry gave the citizen a chance to like make a million dollars. There's so many millionaires that transitioned from the medical market to the 502 market, some passed and some lost all their money. You know, that was a gamble in itself because Washington doesn't give a F, but yeah. uh, you guys created that little barrier. And that's what I see. I see a lot of Oklahomians coming out with Rolls Royces and uh, you know, yeah, but everybody in their grandmother was growing in their backyard for 20 years. I think they're the best. And so, yes, they do. Coming to a head where it's like, no, your product actually sucks because you're right. outside in Oklahoma and I'm not saying that all outside product is bad, but it's really hard to make that your premier product if you're, everybody else is doing indoor, especially when we have tornadoes and harsh winters and harsh summers. Right. So yeah. it, it's just an understanding, too, that you're going to have to morph a little bit. It's not exactly like you always thought it was going to be. Oh, for yeah, sure. That has to be interesting for a lot of your California clients that are coming in because of the climate change that they see. Do you see them... Um, 
Because in California, it's fine for greenhouses, but it's also great for premium indoor. So what type of uh, grow organizations and, and uh, you know, yeah, I guess we grow organizations or like outfits are you seeing? Is it a lot of premium indoor or is there a lot more uh, greenhouse? Um, so I try to avoid telling my clients to do greenhouses in Oklahoma because there's more security measures as opposed to a grow house. I, it sounds crazy, but it's just, I think because you can see through it or it's more translucent that the state does not like that. You can, you know, (laughs) it's stupid. I know, but they make you put up extra security barriers. So I always, you know, say if you're going to do indoor and you can afford it, do grow houses if you can't afford to do indoor, maybe you should be looking at downsizing and then expanding later on because outdoor is just not selling like it needs to be. And even the processors, we have such this average products that even the processors, you know, when they usually take lower grade stuff, they don't need to. Ooh. So it's just kind of getting lost. How's the growers like, and that's what I was uh, telling my sons as well. Um, I explained to him like during medical, I can grow a couple plants save some for myself and take the rest of the dispensary and sell that. Can a medical patient? No, no, you have to have a commercial license to sell. And that's a $2,500. How hard is that to get again? That's still low, man. It's hard. Or, you know, I would say roughly five grand all in all. Five grand. You can be selling cannabis in Oklahoma. What's the mass amount? (laughs) I get the license. Is there a max amount? Like, you know, is there a tier? Anything? Nothing. Holy crap licenses and there's no cap on amount of plants and there's no cap on space either so so like uh your consulting company do you guys just own some uh some grows it's like as if i was gonna have my consulting company in oklahoma i would just be like all right i'm just gonna buy this and this and then we're gonna just set this up and start growing and then we'll just use this to advertise for it um i have not personally hmm. invested in any businesses because i'm trying to avoid conflicting out um, I know this market is kind of settling and I don't want to cut myself out of the legal community in any way. And I don't want to have to, you know, disclose all my clients. Well, I'm actually invested in this business, but it's not biased. Like I just don't even want to touch that yet. Yeah. Nice. And you've been out for two years now. Have, what, what are the do's and don'ts have you seen so far? I'm sorry. Repeat that. Since you've been at it for two years, what are the do's and don'ts that you haven't, you've seen so far? Don't get in business with your family. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't get in business with your friends either because uh, those also break up and nobody is papering up their contracts. It's all these handshake deals. Um, so a lot of business partnership disputes, stuff like that. Initially, it was a lot of bad investments. You know, maybe they just met someone who was in the industry, gave them 250 k and then never saw it again because they didn't vet the person or whatever. So um, a lot of do's and don'ts are involving partnerships i would say the betting's huge when i was at the Hempfest, uh and it, there was a guy with a suitcase full of money if i had seeds in my pocket i could have walked out with a shit ton of money i was so sad it's yeah, amazing good to go i mean seeds are a novelty yeah now they are man <laughs> now how do they define seeds down in oklahoma then if you say they're a novelty because uh i don't think we're allowed to sell seeds in illinois from my understanding of our law Yeah, we're allowed to sell seeds and we're actually allowed to have seeds from out of state because it's the same as the international laws where you can bring it back from Amsterdam or Spain or whatever it is. It's considered a novelty. So Oklahoma just adopted that same rule. Wow. That's so cool. So you have to buy your seeds from overseas so they can be the novelty rule. 
you still have to tell the state where you got your seeds. So it's seed to sale. So once you have your seeds, you got to register that seed. And ever since then, until it's either sold, lost, destroyed, whatever it is, um, we need to take care of it on software. Like a gun, you got to register your seeds. <laughs> yeah. Do medical patients have to register their seeds? Uh, no. Okay. Just the uh, so then you'd still need a what, what's the compliance software for seed to sale tracking that they use in Oklahoma? We don't have a set one. So not, it doesn't matter if it's metric or BioTrack yeah, THC. Uh, Indica Online's a big one. Which one? Indica Online. Indica Online. No, that, that's one of the. Uh, we have a boondoggle in Illinois in the sense that you know they wrote in like providers of certain types of things in the industry, one of which was BioTrack. Yeah, I wish we did because you want to make sure it's compliant with the state's system. Um, so that's kind of fun weeding out. <laughs> Good times. What, what does the uh, 21 uh, legislation look like? Is there any recreational stuff coming up for you guys? Yeah, so there was actually supposed to be on the November ballot recreational. It was written. Um, it received a whole lot of flack. Uh, it was pulled and then it was uh, resubmitted as SQ807. And it provides for really progressive criminal reform. Um, you know, we would, we've already had the largest U.S. commutation um, last November, where it was 530 people, I think, released straight to the streets for minor drug offenses. Another 130 this year. I mean, that our recreational uh, petition was written by very progressive uh, legis legislature and uh, input by really progressive people and lawyers. So we're, I'm pretty happy with it, but the people who do not want out of state residents coming are very upset. What is the population of Oklahoma? 4 million. Mm -hmm. And about six to 7% have their cards, their medical cards. So is there going to be like this outpouring of, Hey, it's basically legal or it's at least under the table enough. So we, we probably don't prefer it that way. If you want to get it, you can get a card and then you can, we can call it that it's just medical wink, wink, or. I think people are real pissed about the taxes. So with a medical, um, you know, you have an 8% sales tax for Oklahoma and then it's a 7% on top of that. So 15 total for the marijuana. If you went recreational, it would be the 8% plus 15%. So people are upset about that, but I'm like, okay, then just go get your medical card and pay the hundred bucks for yeah. years and you'll save a lot. Yeah. We have a striated, like, so I pay my hundred dollars and because of COVID they actually comped medical patients this year in Illinois. So I got my card for free next year, but um, you pay that and then you do get to save a little bit on taxes. Yeah. So you're not going to pay the same premium that you would, but it's not really a premium. It's just extra tax money on the, on the hemp or on the cannabis. And uh, yeah, that's that's fine. And then what about the openness of the industry? Would it still be just crazy wide open or, or what? No, um, they did modify the language say you had to have a medical license in order to get a recreational commercial license. I don't know if that will be enforced or not yet. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a smart man, but you said the population is 4 million and you guys did 300 million in five months. So are 4 million people smoking? $75 million worth of weed each. Yeah, about 650,000 people, I think is what it was. Um, and it was like out of the 300 and something million, I think it was 11.6 million in taxes. Wow. 
in, in May alone, May 2020. Mm. That's awesome. Do we know how many uh, out-of-state registrants are there? Or is it, no, I no? haven't yet. Yeah. It's kind of of just for like confidentiality purposes mm-hmm. do you see real estate going up like it did in colorado do i see real estate going up yeah that was one of the big factors in colorado they uh, uh you know heard a lot of residents just like here in dot com raise prices of real estate you know, yeah cannabis yet. No. yeah there's a lot of oklahoma yeah there's a lot a lot of rural oklahoma yeah there's a uh, lot of illinois it's just yeah. nothing we're like one of those oil and gas bubbles too, that even during that 08 recession, we didn't really feel it, but now we're feeling that oil and gas recession. So yeah. it are kind of evening out. Like I feel like the prices have actually dropped for real estate because of that market. Um, and I don't know if cannabis has made up for that yet. No, we're not. No, like I can say I always, when I went to Oklahoma, I went in with the prejudice. Like, like I always do when I leave the state, but yeah. really Oklahoma it was and people were beautiful. I hang down a couple bars and restaurants. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a modern state still, just a flyover state that people seem to forget about. Yeah. And if you guys bring up good enough weed, I think people will go there. Yeah, and like I said, it's cheap, you know. So all those people who really wanted to just get a foot in the door, they have the option now. How much is an eighth? I don't know. I don't buy an eighth. <laughs> How much is it what you buy? <laughs> um so carts are anywhere from 30 to 90, depending on how so it's still like the price is still just all kind of over the map and you could buy a premium, whatever product, right? There's everything from 29% THC, you know, $40 for a quarter to, or, or more $65 all the way down. Wow. Sounds like it's way cheaper as well uh, down there. Yeah. And bulk flour. I can't believe you guys have bulk flour. That's so cool. You know, it, it was interesting because initially it was, you know, dispensaries are the fun side. Let's be real. Like the marketing and all that. It's fun. But there wasn't any growers and, and it took them a minute to kind of get that volume up. But now there's a shit ton of growers. <laughs> and a shit ton of volume. And a shit ton of volume. And it's yeah. not great. So that's it's kind of interesting seeing the prices fluctuate and kind of even out. From yeah, because down to 2200 or whatever. how much is it your is that your premium wholesale uh whole, yeah, premium indoor flower wholesale price is about 2200 a pound right now i would say premium is about 2800 wow that's still pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like in illinois it could be like 35 to, to 4000 but then wow. illinois is so highly regulated it's more like washington or california when you have those licenses you're selling it by the gram and it's prepackaged when it leaves the store and that just pushes the price up you know and it, and it also takes down the quality in my opinion well, and it's just not everybody wants to do that. They don't want to package. They don't want to label. They don't want to market. They just want to grow it, white label it, and get it out. So it's just give them the option. Right. And then I then also it's the retail or also then can do their own pre-roll joints. Could be marketing, but it's also then cost of goods sold so they can avoid some IRC 280E. They don't allow them to do that here because they aren't allowed to do pre-rolls or any types of pre-packs or marketing like that. Or you can't even, there's no smell jars in Illinois. There's not even a smell jar. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) You definitely smell what you're getting here, but um, you have to have a processing license to do pre-rolls because you're making it into a new product. Okay. Well then let's, let's now refactor this when we're trying to get our uh, pro forma together for our Oklahoma dispensary. Now, we're going to add uh, two more line items to it. One of them is the food thing that we needed for 850. And then also now it looks like we need to get a another license type. Is that another 2500? 
Uh, yes, that that would be another twenty five hundred. Still way cheaper in Illinois. <laughs> I make that back in several pre rolls. <laughs> cheaper in any state. You guys had the best bar so far. Yeah. I wonder if there's any direct flights. Oklahoma City you usually have to go through Dallas. So. Ah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we go to find or follow what's going on at Smith and Klubik? Yeah, so I guess the best place is just Instagram. Um, that's just kind of my shows my generation, I guess. Um, at Smith Klubek, K-L-U-B-E-C-K. Awesome. We'll throw that link in the description. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We will see you on Sunday. Thank <laughs> you.